0: We're in a series called Hebrews, and um, a lot of you guys in here today, you're here today, and you you don't, you're new to faith or you're new to your this walk with Christ, and you're like, I don't even know where Hebrews is at in the Bible. And that's okay. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna put up on the on the screens in the air for you today. And but I do want to encourage you with something in this next year. I want to encourage you to download the Bible reading app if you don't already have the Bible reading app. And I want you to read through the book of Hebrews over the next three or four weeks as we're gonna dialogue through and we're gonna have a conversation with it. And and I just think there's some things in there that's gonna help you. It's gonna help you, it's gonna help you get set free. You know, here's what I've learned. A lot of times in life, I'm always, or a lot of times in life, I'm cheering and I'm happy and things are going good for people, but it's inevitable for bad things to happen. I got to speak at a chapel across town um, on Thursday and I let the students know, like, hey, good things happen, that's awesome. And and when good things happen, we're clapping and we're cheering and we're we're happy for those good things, but it's inevitable that, that bad things happen. That's where we find ourselves in the book of Hebrews. These guys, they're, they're, want, they're, they're running, running around, they're taking off, they're going left, they're going right. The reason why they're doing that is because they're under some sort of form of persecution. Now the reason why they're under persecution, whatever that form was, whether their life was being threatened or they were, it was verbal threats or physical threats, the reason why they're on the run is because they're proclaiming that Jesus is the Savior of the world. And people have a problem with that. They're mad about that. And the religious people, they have a problem with it. And people who don't believe, they have a problem with that. And this, this this Roman Empire, they have a problem with it because their whole religious system is based upon dollars in. And if they could get you to pay penance and give you, get you to give money, then, then they're able to get more money from you. And they don't want you to understand that God loves you and he paid the work for you. Most world religions, it's a ladder system. And it's us down here on earth, and there's a ladder that gets us up to... There's a lot of that gets us up to heaven. I was having coffee with a friend of mine yesterday, and she has a Catholic background, but we, we, it's a ladder system. Well, with Jesus, it's a cross system where Jesus paid the price, He's paid the penalty. And so they're proclaiming the name of Jesus and they're scattering. Now, here's what we know about the book of, about the book of Hebrews these guys are running, they're taking off, they're, they're all over the place. We don't know the author of the book of Hebrews. We're, we're not sure and, and it's written a little bit different. We do know this about the book of Hebrews that it was one of, the, one of Paul's homeboys. Like we know it was one of Paul's tight tights. Some people say it might have been Timothy. It might have been Apollo. Somebody, some people say, you know, we're, it, some people believe it, it, might be, it might actually be the apostle Paul but here's what we do know. It was the sermon. It was written out. It was, it was, it was preached and they, they, they compiled it and they went to take that to, a, take that to the church. It writes a little bit different than some of the Pauline epistles like Galatians and Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians, those books that Paul wrote to those churches. It's written a little bit different to them, so we know it's a sermon, and it's given over to these people. And we know they're on the run, so we don't know the author. We know the people that are, that are, that are getting it. We know that they're believers, but we know they're under, under persecution. We know those those some th- we know those things are true. I was listening this week, and, and here's what some, some theologians say, that Hebrews is the hardest book in the Bible to, to communicate through. It's the hardest book. that Most people never preach the book of Hebrews. And now I've read it, now I realize, well, I've never preached the book of Hebrews. <laughs> you know, like, I get what they're saying now. But <clears throat> the, the, the writer here wants us to know that everyone has something that can hold them back. Every one of you guys, it'll, it, it'll, maybe you guys have that from the screen, but every, everyone has something that can hold them back. The writer wants you and I to know that. Everyone has something that can hold them back, every single one of us. These guys, for them, they're running, for the, they're running because of their faith. They're on the run. They're, they're going a different direction. We, the, the writer wants us to know that everyone has something that can hold them back. You have something that can hold you back. Maybe it's your finances, or maybe it's relationships, or maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's physical. You know, I it's it's, it's amazing. Last night I was at a church in in, in Tampa, and my my buddy's wife, my, my buddy's uh, my buddy my buddy Joey and April, their their mo- his mother in law and his his um his, his mother in law, she just just finished all rounds of rounds of chemotherapy. She got surgery and. She just finished chemotherapy, and I was like, "Man, we're celebrating that all that God has done, and we're so thankful that, that God has brought us from from here to there, and He brought us to the other side." And I get in bed last night, I was talking to one of my friends, and and he's supposed to come and preach in a few weeks. He goes, "Hey, pray for my wife. She has a she had a part of her, her uter- uh, biopsy on on a, on a spot in her in her uterus, and and we gotta and we're gonna go to the doctors on Monday. And can you just can you just pray for her? But isn't that the tension?" I was sitting with some friends of mine yesterday and and uh, they're working through financial freedom. And then today I could be with some friends like, oh, I've paid off 80000 dollars in debt. There's a tension. It's like when something goes, man, we have one person in our church like, man, praise God, we just had a little baby, awesome, it's healthy. And, and they got people over here to say, man, I wish so bad I could have a I could have a child. We got some people in here that say, man, I I'm in this healthy, God-fearing relationship and things are going really, really good. And then we got some people here saying, man, I'd love to be in a in relationship. But isn't that the tension that we live in? Everyone's got something that can hold them back, every single one of us in here today. Here's what the writer also wants you and I to know. that he, he wants you to know that some of you guys in here, you feel like you're in the desert, but Jesus is with you while you're in the desert. He's with you while you're in the desert. Did you know that? Like The Bible says that whenever Jesus was out to be tempted in the wilderness, the Bible lets us know that Jesus was in the wilderness, but God, his Father, was right there with him. He was holding his hand all the way through it. Jesus is with you in the wilderness. Some of you guys can relate. You're like, man, I feel like I'm in the wilderness. Nothing is going good for me. If you're in that season, the reason why a lot of people stay out there is because they think no one's there to help them get them out. Jesus is right there throwing you life route, saying, hey, I want to help you get out of this. Jesus is with you in the wilderness. Here's another thing that I wrote down, I think that maybe would help you, is that for some of you guys in your day, a lot of you guys, you've, you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ. You're like, man, I trust John three sixteen and... Romans three twenty three and Romans five eight you know Romans ten nine through thirteen and Romans 6, 23, like you you you've memorized those verses you know we're we're saved by grace through faith not of works lest any man should boast like you you've learned some scripture along the way and you have a faith in Jesus Christ but somehow along the way maybe through a circumstance you've kind of find yourself saying you know what I don't really know that I have the kind of faith that I used to have I don't know that I'm as close to God as I as I used to be last night Joey told his church that every God is always God is always ready for you. God is always ready for you to get a little bit closer to him. He, some of you guys in your day, you, 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 your, your love language is, is physical touch. That, that's some of you guys in here today. That's, that's not mine. Diana's, Diana's love language is, is physical touch. And usually with your, with your love language, you give what you like to receive. So I'm, I'm in the, I, I don't, that's not my thing. But Diana will be next to me and she'll just be like, just be touching me. And it's okay from her. Like I can, I can, I can be okay with it because she's my wife and, you know what I'm saying? It just makes sense. You know what I'm saying? I'm mad. But sometimes my kids will walk up to me and they'll just be like all up in me. And I'm like, get away from me. Moms, you know what I'm talking about. I've seen some of you moms be at church. Your kid comes to get up next to you or your son comes to your locker and you're just like, dude, get away from me. Like, I need a break. <laughs> like, yo, go find your other mama. You know, like, go, go go, hug your daddy. You know, like, and you're like, yo, 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 get o- get away from me. Get, get a, Get away from me. I think sometimes in life, we, we think that Jesus doesn't want us to be close to him. He wants you to be close to him. Some of us in here today, the writer wants us to know that some of you guys, you've given up on your faith, but Jesus wants you to know, the writer wants you to know, is that you're not supposed to give up on your faith. Today's your day to, to get a little bit closer, a little bit closer with him. And I brought this pool today to kind of give us a little bit of a, a little bit of an example today. I know for some of you guys, you couldn't sit some of you guys in the front row looking right at me, you couldn't sit for 30 minutes and work about this. You wouldn't have paid attention. So I had to make sure I let you know why this is here. Not anybody else. I'm just talking just to you on the front row. This would have messed you up, you know. So I got to make sure. Here's what I want you guys in here to know, that a lot of you guys in here today, you're trying to figure out life. You've given up on your faith, and you're like kind of, I don't even know where I'm supposed to be at. And, and I think some of you guys today, you need to take a step into the word of God today. That's what Hebrews is about. Hebrews is about you jumping in, to this book. This book is not written to just these Hebrews people. It's not written to this Jew, these Jewish Christians that are on the run. It's written to Hope Church today. Here's what I've learned in my little bit of time being a pastor at this church and and pastors and be, and being a pastor at other churches, that God wants you to find out how you fit into his word. He wants you to figure that out. And if you want that to happen, he wants to show you how that can happen. I, I'm, I'm learning more and more and more that your life, your life is better inside of the story of God. Your, your life works better. Like you, you're, you're in the pages of this book. If you will get into the word of God, you will be, you will be in this. And this will be inside of you. It, John chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible tells us is that in the very beginning was the word, and the word was God. <laughs> if you get in this, God will get in you. And so some of you guys, say you got to take a step into the, this pool representation. It's just the word of God today. The more you get into people that are growing in this church, people that are growing leaps and bounds, they find themselves in the word of God. They're not. The people that are growing on, on, on a fast pace in our church that have conversations with me, that are talking about knowing God and finding freedom, discovering purpose, and they're making a difference. They're in the word of God, and that's what they're telling me about. It's not Sunday morning messages. Why that helps? That's only one message. If all you get throughout the week is one tw- 25, 35-minute, depending if I'm feeling really good today, Andre's 40 minutes, you know what I'm saying? Like... It, that, ain't gonna, that, that's, that can change your life a little bit. But if you can read the word of God every single day, it could change your life a lot. And here's what I know about you. You don't want your life changed just a little bit. You want major transformation. You want you to want, you make, make big moves. I, I know that about you. you. You want something incredible to happen in your life. If you get in this, this word, it will get in you. And your life will change. Everything will look different. And here's what I know, you'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. You'll, you'll be better. You'll come in and you'll say, man, I really, you were right. That God's, God's word can change your life. You're like, well, I'm going to a community group. That's good. You ought to go to a community group. Because we know what we do in the community group. My community group, we're talking about the book of Galatians. And Tara Lynn always brings some sort of soul food with her. I mean, that's just a good reason why you should go. The girl can make some banana pudding. If you don't know who Tara Lynn is... Some of you guys are like, yo, can you, can you give me Tara Lynn's number?" Like, I'm going to be like, do you need prayer? Like, you need, you know, like, can intercess for you? Just need a dessert recipe. <laughs> the food is so good. We've all gained 10 pounds in my community group. It's great. We look a little bit different and we feel a little bit different. And we've grown spiritually. The book of Hebrews, chapter 1, let's jump right into it today. Hebrews chapter 1. The, oh, before I read Hebrews chapter 1, I want to know you the main, the main idea is this. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3, the main idea is this. That the sun radiates God's own glory. And he expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. I'm going to unpack that for you in just a minute. But I love that verse. That's the key verse. So like if, you get, if you don't want to come back next week or the week after, just know this. Memorize that verse and that verse will set you free. The Bible says that God's Son radiates God's glory. You know how bright the sun is? The glory of God is that much brighter. You, you know how, you know how, how hot your, your, radiator, your radiator can get or maybe how hot it can be outside in Florida? God's so much hotter than that, so much brighter. And the Bible says that the sun radiates God's own glory. I mean, something incredible, when God shows up, something incredible always happens. When, when God shows up, something always, something always shifts. Something always moves. When God shows up, things never, ever stay the same. When God shows up, his glory shows up. When his glory shows up, people are changed. I'm so thankful for that today. I'm thankful for that today. Me and my mom are thankful for that today. Thank you so much, mom, for the clap. <clears throat> Come on, you want someone to clap for you? You better clap for somebody else. You know what I'm saying? My mom's insane. I love my mom. My mom called me this week She's said, like, hey, can I, borrow your, can I borrow your truck? I got to. I got to help, I'm, I'm, I'm gifting some things to some, to some people, and what a giver and a servant, and I think those are, those are some qualities that we all, can, we all can have inside of our lives. But Hebrews chapter 1, the Bible says, as long ago, in a galaxy far, far, far away, <clears throat> God spoke many times in many ways to our ancestors, to the prophets. I mean, God has spoken in a lot of ways. You remember the time in the scripture where he showed up in a burning bush. That was pretty unique. He used, he used um, some men of God. He used some prophets. He used some, some kings. I mean, God has spoken in many different ways throughout the scriptures. The Bible says that he's spoken in a, in a still, small voice. I mean, the God has spoken in a lot of ways, and he's choosing to still speak to you and I today. I'm so thankful for that, that God is speaking to you and I today. And the Bible says in verse 2, and now in these final days... The writer's preaching this sermon, and he's saying these final days, he's spoken to us through his son. I mean, now he's given us a son. The son has walked around on this earth, and he's talked, and he's spoken to people. I mean, he gave his only son to speak to us. That's why God sent his son to speak to us and to save us. He didn't come to just speak to us only and only just save us. He speaks to us, and he saves us. And I'm so thankful that he came to do that for you and I today. There's a lot of gods that people that are praying to, those gods aren't speaking to those people, there's a lot of gods that, we, that people pray to and those gods aren't going to get them to heaven. But Jesus, I came to speak to you. I mean, it's a relational thing. God is a relational being. He wants relationship with you that he sent his son. He could have sent a prophet. He could have sent a priest. He could have sent, a, he sent a, a king. Like He could have sent somebody else. He could have sent a Moses to you or an Abraham to you or the guys that were reading Hebrews chapter 11. But he said, you know what, I'm going to send you my son to go down there and give the message. We've already read verse three. Let me get to verse four. The Bible says this, this shows us that the Son is far greater than the angels. Now these people here, they started making the angels a big deal. And one of the things one of the themes that we see in Hebrews chapter 1 is Jesus wants you and I to know that God is greater than the angels. God is greater than the angels. I don't know if you knew this or not, but God has angels that are walking with you. You know what? I know you don't know that because I didn't know that. I went to Bible college for four years. No one ever told me that angels walk with me. What's went to the... Clearly I went to a Baptist college. You know what I'm saying? Like, No one ever told me that there was angels that were walking around me. Now the problem with that is that these guys do the angels walk with them. But they made the angels more important than God. I didn't know that. Angels walk with us. I mean, God has angels. I mean, I should have I put two and two together because the Bible tells us this. That The Bible tells us in the scripture that there's a, there's, a, there's a world that we don't see. There's, there's, there's evil spirits that are coming against you. Well, then I should have known that there's evil spirits coming against me. That God had positive angels that were coming to help me and guide me. Don't think for one moment in your church and what Hebrews and what the writer says in Hebrews, don't think for one moment that you carried a baby in your stomach for nine months like you did it all on your own without an angel. Don't think for one moment that you landed that gig or that job or you had that physical gift or ability and that talent. Don't think for one minute that you did it all on your own without an angel helping you get there. Don't think for one moment, Hope Church, that you've driven on I-4 and never gotten an accident before if there wasn't angels. Come on, somebody. Don't think for one moment that there aren't aren't angels watching you and you've played sports your whole entire life and you've made it all the way through without an injury. Don't think for one moment there aren't angels that are walking around with you and hanging out with you and spending time with you. And the Bible says that Jesus' name is greater than those, those angels. If you have a New Living Translation, it says the Son is greater than the angels. For God never said to any angel what he said to Jesus. God never said what he said to his Son Did he say to an angel? What did he say to the angel? He says, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Here's what God also said. I will be his father and he will be my son. God never said that to no angels. These people are making like they, they believed in Jesus, they believed in God, but they believed in angels and they were leaning a little bit heavy towards the angels and God wanted them to lean a little bit heavier towards Jesus. And what I think for you and I in here today, that God wants you and I, all of us in here today, to lean a little bit more with Jesus then we lean in with the world, cause I I know y'all lean into angels because y'all just heard about that today. That ain't your that ain't your thing. Some of you are leaning a little bit more into your into your finances than you are into into Jesus. Some of you guys are leaning a little bit more into your into your your to your family or maybe you're leaning a little bit more into your into your friends or leaning a little bit more into some uh, some relationships and God wants you to lean a little bit more heavier. If you're gonna be a little bit lopsided, he wants you to be a little bit more lopsided with Jesus. Does that make sense today? Just nod your head. Just pretend like you pretend like you're getting it today. He wants you to lean a little bit more towards Jesus than he does some of the other things that we find ourselves leaning towards. I was telling a friend of mine yesterday they're <clears throat> and they they're, they're they're in this Trying to find financial freedom, I said, "You guys are in good shape." They're like, "No, look at this number. It's, we're not in good shape." I'm like, "No, you're in great shape." They said, "Why?" I said, "Because I'll, I'll, they were showing me their budget. You know what I love about their budget? They were showing me their budget. You know one thing they didn't take out of their budget when they when they're trying to they're trying to get out of debt, and the number would stack would be might be staggering to you guys." I said, "Man, you know what I love about your budget?" And they said, "What?" I said, that, "That you didn't take out tithe. a lot of people. when They're trying to get out of debt. The first thing they do is they take out their tithe, they take tithe out." That's a, that's a lot of times. I said, you know what? You're, I said, when you put a tithe in your budget, you know what you're saying? God's going to fix this mess. <laughs> I said, she, I was telling the lady, I said, you know what? You know the good thing about this? I said, this is God's problem. She's like, I don't want to do that. I'm like, no. The Bible says, cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Some of you guys in today, you don't have a, a, a knowledge problem, you have an application problem. You're like, oh, cast your cares for him. That's a good verse to memorize. We've all memorized it, but we're just not applying it. It's a great verse. It's cool to memorize. But what about? I said, "What do you know?" I said, "You know the cool thing about this church is we've never begged for money, because God brings our supply." That's the cool thing about our church. He said, "That is that is pretty cool." I said, "You know I don't have to worry about my my kid last week fell back here, blood gushing down his back. You know what God did last week? He stopped the bleeding like that. No comp- no no compression. The knot's still there. It's probably gonna be here for a while. But you know what I'm saying? Like God fixes the inside, but not always does He fix the outside? You know what I'm saying? Like that knot is the knot is huge." But I mean, I thought it was, it was, it was bad. I mean, it was just blood everywhere. You know what God did last week? I just, I mean, isn't that cool how God stopped that blood? I told him, isn't that cool how God stopped that blood? I don't know how it stopped because it was just, it was like it was just poured and then it stopped. If I showed you the t-shirt, you'd pass out. I know because I almost did. (laughs) They're gods. Those kids belong to God. That's that's their problem. That's his, that's God's problem. Like I got to steward them well, but the pressure's on God. The Bible says train your kids up in the way they should go. When they, when they get old, they won't depart from it. My job is to train them up. If they depart, that's on them. And if they come back, it's because God just kept on pulling them back in. But I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to train them up. I'm going to be like, hey, God, you train them up. There's a process. that God's, a, God's very process driven. My friend works for Amazon, Justin. And they are process driven. Derek, Derek, I said, Derek, I said, how can I apply what you do in your in, in your business to our church he says always fix the processes always make the processes better some of us in here today we have this word of God if we would just if we would just get in it things would change they would they would change here's what I know you try God you try church for 52 weeks see what happens in your life try reading your Bible for 52 days see what happens to your life try looking at your at your budget See, you know I'm going to give God I'm going to give God the first like we see here my buddy Joy last night said this: If you want things to be different in your life, you're gonna have to do something different. I was telling a couple of years. I said it's so cool. I said, she's like, well, how do I know that if this is God's problem? I said, well, because last week where you went to that seminar, all the guy did was was quote scripture, right? She said, yeah. I said, well, the Bible also tells us that God owns everything. He owns your finances. Why don't you? I said, you're giving your finances to God. I said, you're in good shape, and God's gonna. God's going to do something incredible. So he says here in this past script, like I'm, I'm bigger than the angels. You're my son. He's my, the, I never told the angels they were my son. Verse six. And when he brought his firstborn son to the world, I can imagine that today, my friend Dukes is back here today. And his son is Amari. I, I love Mar. He's always, he's always going to people. And he's, and he's if you've ever met him, you know, he, he hugs everybody. Like I used to think it was just good looking chicks, but now I just, he hugs everybody. Like he, he hugs guys. He hugs, them. he's just a hugger. Like I, like, I, I mean, I, he's got game, but he like, he's like disguising it now. He's like, I'm just gonna hug some guys too to kind of play it off like this, just not the girls. I'm like, dude, the kid's smart. He's only six. He's probably giving lessons to my eight year old back there. Like, hey, bro, this is how you do it. <laughs> you did it wrong. He got buried out a little bit. I can imagine bringing my first son into the world and saying, here, God, God's saying, hey, I'm gonna give you to the world. The world can have you, you get to have that. My only son, by the way, Jesus didn't have a backup option. There wasn't enough, he wasn't gonna have a second son or a third son or a fourth son. It was just one son, and he said, "You know, God only God knew that he'd only have one son, and he still chose to give the one son." off. I had, I have two sons, so I it'd be a little bit easier for me to say, "Okay, I'm gonna give my I'm gonna give a son because I have another son." But Jesus only had one son, so I'm gonna give my one son. I'm gonna give that I'm gonna give that to them. Verse seven regarding the angels, he says. He sends his angels like the winds and his servants like flames of fire. There are people around you. The Bible says those angels like winds and those angels like fire. The Bible also says in verse six, let all God's angels worship. And I just want you to know that you and our lives are meant to worship God. Everything you do is to be worshiped to God. The way you raise your kids, that's worship. What you say, that's worship. Where you go, that's worship. The way you spend your money, that's worship. I heard someone say one time, you can look at your, you can look at someone's paycheck, and you can tell what they worship. You, you we're supposed to worship God, and these guys are leaning. These guys are worshiping angels, and Jesus is like, don't worship me, angels. Worship me. You're made to worship me. You have angels that are like winds and like fire around you. But unto the sun, he says this, your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. You rule the scepter of justice. You love justice and you hate evil in here today. Therefore, O God, your God has, a, has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than anyone else. I don't know about you guys in here today, but I want the oil of joy on my life. I don't know if he's talking about the Holy Spirit or not, but I don't know. I don't know, but here's what I just know. I want the oil of joy on my life. You ever met someone they have the oil of joy in their life? Man, I want that. I want. I want to be the kind. Of, I want to have the oil of joy. In their life people say, "Man, something's different about you. What's, what is it? Oh, I've got the. It's the clone I wear. It's the oil of joy. <laughs> I got the oil of joy on me. I don't want people to see us when they see me. I want people to see Jesus. I want people to see the oil of joy. I want to be like, "Yeah, yeah, you, your head's glistening. That's the oil of joy. You're <laughs> shiny. You look a little bit shiny today." should put some powder on No, I don't want to put no powder. I want everybody to see the oil of joy in my life. I've been in the word. You know what happened to me? I got in the word and the word got on me. I want the word on me. I want to have the oil of joy on my life. If you get in this, it's going to get on you. It's going to get on you. It's going to get all up on you. The Bible says in the first night, you love, the Bible said Jesus, he loves justice, he hates evil. I'll stay away from evil. I don't know about you, but I, if Jesus hates it, I want to hate it. I'd be careful how much, how close you get to the evil. <laughs> be careful how close you get to the to the evil. The Bible says, verse 10, he also says, This son, in the very beginning, Lord, you laid down the foundation of the earth and you made the heavens with your hands. They will perish, but you will remain forever. This world's gonna perish. The tension for you and I, Jesus, some of us are living like there's no heaven. There's our heaven. We should be living now on this earth like we're gonna be ready for when we get to heaven. That when we get to heaven, what already know what to do? Guys, this is gonna perish. Your foundation of your house is sturdy enough to hold your house, but it's gonna perish. The things that you have are gonna they're gonna perish, gonna go away. I heard a guy say recently this a lot of people they're not talking about heaven because they've invested nothing into it. What? I had to rewind the podcast. He said a lot of people they're not really talking about heaven because they got nothing invested into it. You know what you can take to heaven? Souls. You can take souls to heaven. Here's what I think would be cool. I was talking to this last night. I think every one of you guys ought to bring someone, get them plugged into our church this year. That's what that would be cool. Everyone bring someone and get them plugged in. What does that look like? Come, come. we have next steps in a few weeks. Get them to come to, in the next three weeks. Get them to come check out the church. Let them know. The jeans get looser. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> it's gonna be good. Let them know we got a, we have a pool in our church. We have a pool in our church. I mean, who doesn't want to go to church where there's a pool in it? You know what I'm saying? Like, get all your, get your friends. Get you ought to just bring one. Give them three weeks to try it out. And then say, "Hey, next steps is next week. You're, I'm, I'm going to go in there with you." Maybe this is a little bit too bold. This is you're asking us to do a little bit too much. You have to say I'm going to go next steps. I'm going to go next steps with you. And we're going to go through next steps together. And then we're going to serve. And they're like, "Where am I going to serve at? You're, you're going to serve wherever I serve at. If I come on Saturdays and set up this place, you're going to come with me. That's what we're going to do. If I'm if I'm if I'm in first impressions, I'm, smile and I'm smiling away, boy, smiling away. If I'm pouring coffee." Dip in ice for people in the name of Jesus. If I'm doing that, you're just going to be right there with me. We're just going to do it together. Could you imagine how fast we'd grow if that would happen? That would be so cool. I can't tell if you guys are down or not, but it just it sounds cool to me. <laughs> it sounded good to me when you said it, Diana. i like, that sounds really good to me. Just bring one person with you. Somebody invited you. Why wouldn't we? Some of you guys are really like, well, I can't take them through the next steps because I haven't been the next steps. Well, that would be a great time to go through the next steps because you're going to be there. They'll never know you haven't been there. Don't even fill the paperwork out, just pretend like you, just pretend like you, like, I'm here with you. I'm here with you. <laughs> if they say, where do you serve? Like, I'm, just, I'm like, just say what Ron says, I'm like the glue. I just kind of, I'm a little bit everywhere, everywhere. All the things. It's gonna pass, church. Let's invest in it. Let's invest in heaven because this earth's gonna fade away. I'm not against the things that you, I'm not against everything. I'm not, that's not our church. We our church has a pretty positive message. It's a, it's a very unique message. I'm not against all the things. Let's bring some people with us, though. I'm for that. There's some things that we can really get right. Bringing people with us, we can get that. The Bible says that uh, it's all going to fold up. The Bible says you'll fold them up like a cloak and discard them like old clothing, but you are always the same. You will live forever. The Bible says the world will fade, but Jesus is the same. Yesterday, forever, and ever. Amen. And God never said to any of the angels, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Verse 14, therefore angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. So if you're like, I don't know if I have an angel. Do you have salvation? If you have salvation, then you have an angel. If you don't have salvation, then you don't have an angel. Because the Bible tells us that only people who have salvation have angels. I can't. I don't know why bad things keep on happening to me. Maybe you're not saved. Maybe you don't have an animal. Well, so what if I'm saved and bad things keep on happening to me? Here's the good news about if you're saved and bad things keep on happening to you. It's not over till it's over, and by the way, over is spelled H-E-A-V-E-N. It's in heaven. Over is when we get to heaven. Does cancer stink? Absolutely, but it ain't over till you get. To You're gonna go to heaven. Absolutely. The sickness, disease, the things that we see across this, all the bass that we see, all those things terrible. Absolutely, but guess what? It's not over until we get to heaven. And then verse, then verse two. you guys can come up uh, for chapter 2 verse 1 it kind of spills over a little bit and it says here in verse 1 I love this so we must listen very carefully to the truth we must listen very careful to this truth that we have heard or we will drift away from it I start off with telling you guys these guys were wandering away they were on the run literally, but then figuratively they began to run away from the truth. The Bible says that we must listen very carefully. We must get in this thing. We must be all the way in this thing. We must be all around it. And we got to get in it and, and kind of throw the water upon ourselves. And we got to get it all up in us and all around us. And we got to look like we're super wet. You know what I'm saying? So that we won't drift away from it. So we won't drift away from it. I wrote down two things you can write in your notes today. The gospel, just so you guys know in here today, the gospel is the reward. The gospel is the reward. So you're like, I got saved now, what do I get? I joined a, I joined a, a country club the other day. Guess how much it was a year? $15 a year for Kobe residents. <laughs> I was big time. I got the card, I walked in the house, I was like, yo girl, your boy's at a country club. 15 bucks a year. I get discounts on golf balls. I mean, you guys, you would have thought it was to the I walked in, my I went to trip. I'm like, yo, I gotta show you something. Look at this membership. And dude, he was happy. I was happy. We were only too happy. You would have thought it was to the freaking Ritz Carlton. I mean, you would have thought it was to orange. I mean, it was like, oh, this is so cool. We get saved, like, yo, what's the reward? The gospel is the reward. The good news is the reward. The thing is that we get saved. We're like, okay, cool, now what do I get? And there's a lot of things that you get, but the reward is you get Jesus. Because the gospel is synonymous with Jesus. You get Jesus. If you get the gospel, or the gospel gets you, the reward is Jesus. Now here's the good news. The good news is that some of you guys in here today, you're like, I, what it's, it's got to come with something else besides just, just that. And I like to tell you that it comes with this cool float <laughs> that barely fits around me. <laughs> but here's the deal: the Bible says in this passage of scripture that after Jesus did the served us on the cross, after He did that, the Bible says that He sat at the right hand of the Father. And maybe you're here saying, "Like, yo, I can't swim." Jesus is doing your life raft today. And he said, hey, if you get in, you're going to get some rest. Some of you guys, there's two kinds of people that, that go to pools. There's people that kind of, that like to be in the pool, but on a float. And there's some of you guys, you like all the water, all the things. Like you want to be always submersed in the water. When you get the gospel, it's the reward, but the gospel also gives you an eye rest. You can get in this today. You don't have to have all the answers today. God's going to help you today. You don't have to get in here all by yourself. There's going to be some other people that are going to get in with you today. They're going to hold their hand with you today. They're going to walk there with you, and they're going to help you figure it out, and they're going to help you read the Bible. They're going to help you with Hebrews chapter chapter 1. They're going to help you walk through it. They're going to help you walk you through John three They're going to help you walk through all the things, but here's the deal. You get rest when you get the reward. I'm so thankful. If Jesus sat down... After it was all over, why in the world are we running around trying to work for salvation, trying to use the, the, the ladder method, when all we need to do is just put on a life press and say, Man, I'm going to trust Jesus and let Jesus help me float. Some of you trying to make yourself float, it ain't, it ain't working. Yo, you're sinking. Float's not big enough. Because religion is not a big enough float. Religion is not a big enough float. The only float that can float you is the cross of Jesus, it's relationship with Jesus. That's the only thing that can make you float. Some of you guys here, like, this is you got to quit working, you got to quit doing all these things because you think you're going to get you to heaven. You got to trust the gospel to get you to heaven. And then after you've trusted the gospel to get you to heaven, you'll find out the gospel also is the reward and also provides you with rest. You don't have to run tired, and frustrated, and weary, and full of anxiety, and doubt, and all the things that you're filled with you can have the gospel and have reward and also have rest.